Hey, yo, hey. Welcome to my first official episode. I am so pumped to have you guys here hanging out with me. Thank y'all for being here. Now, I have to apologize in advance. I did not get my microphone like I was planning to before this episode. And while I was feeling a little discouraged, I was like, nope, I'm not going to let that stop me. So, here I am. I hope you all can look past the background noise and just know that it will not always be like this. We are going to talk about the book Matthew, chapters 1 through 15. I know that that sounds like a lot, but don't worry. I have broke it up to where it's not a lot of information at once, nor will it be overwhelming. At least, I pray it's not. And it is not going to make for a really long podcast. So, I call that a win. Alright, let's do this. First, I just quickly want to say that this will not be any theology or doctrine lessons, nor are these episodes created to scold anyone. This is me just simply sharing all the joyful things that I learn in my journey as I continue to read through the Bible and seek Jesus. I am going to start off by reading the introduction and the book Matthew from my Life Application Study Bible. As the motorcade slowly winds through the city, thousands pat the sidewalk hoping to catch a glimpse. Marching bands with great fanfare announce the arrival and protective agents scan the crowd and run alongside the limousine. Pomp, ceremony, protocol, modern symbols of position and evidences of importance herald the arrival of a head of state. Whether they are leaders by birth or election, we honor and respect them. The Jews waited for a leader who had been promised centuries before by inspired prophets. They believed that this leader, the Messiah, the Anointed One, would rescue them from their Roman oppressors and establish a new kingdom. As their king, he would rule the world with justice. However, many Jews overlooked prophecies that also spoke of this king as a suffering servant who would be rejected and killed. It's no wonder, then, that few recognize Jesus as the Messiah. When I read that, it makes me think of the fact that Jesus could have rated himself so much higher than what he did. And then it makes me think of his pure humbleness to come down in human form and do what he did and be the way that he was when he had all that power and all that authority. But you see, we have to realize that we can't compare the authority or the power of Jesus Christ with anyone or anything else. He was and still is the greatest king of all time. He is the one who rules over heaven, the angels, and earth. And so it is important that we make him ruler over our own lives as well. Because he doesn't care about all the extravagant things. He cares about our hearts. And I know that that's easier said than done. We're constantly being pulled in many different directions. We live in a world 
full of many temptations and one that is normalizing a busy lifestyle and many other things that contradict everything the Bible teaches us. But we can't live with that excuse. We have to stand up for what's right, just like Joseph, Mary, and Jesus did. Matthew 1 starts out with the birth and preparation of Jesus Christ. So can we just take a minute to talk about Mary and Joseph? Can you imagine the motions that Mary and Joseph must have been feeling? I mean, it must have been scared, worried, confused, frustrated. I mean, all the feelings, right? Matthew does not go into great detail about the specifics of Mary and Joseph, but what we do see is obedience, faith, and humility. And those are exactly the things that I want to cover in this episode. Joseph showed righteousness and pure kindness by how scripture states he was going to divorce his wife. Joseph thought his wife had an affair. I mean, we can't really blame him for that, right? But instead of him causing a big scene and letting his emotions get the best of him, he just decided he was going to divorce her quietly so he does not humiliate her. What a gentleman. Could we have done the same? I know the Jewish custom was very different then, and I read in an article somewhere that unfaithfulness by a woman led to being stoned to death, so he obviously didn't want that for her. But he could have chosen so many other directions than to stick around and be obedient to what God was calling them to do. But instead of running the opposite way, after an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him what was getting ready to happen, he ran towards Jesus, despite of what other people may have thought. And Joseph decided to stay true to himself and to God. Sometimes I think it's so easy to avoid doing the right thing simply because we are nervous about what other people may think. Or we are feeling conflicted for whatever reason. But like Joseph and Mary, we must choose what will hold more power over us. Will it be Jesus? Or will it be fear and the opinions of other people? As I continue to read scripture... I noticed that Mary and Joseph weren't the only ones who were obedient and bold either. We read about John the Baptist, who was a priest preaching the good word and baptizing people at the Jordan River. And I love the story of how him and Jesus come together to fulfill the biggest example of salvation. John the Baptist could have let pride get in the way. And he could have tried to take all the credit by himself. But instead, he chose to humble himself and remind everyone that there is someone much greater than him who will come to baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire. Which according to the commentary in my Bible, John's statement also symbolizes the work of the Holy Spirit 
and bringing God's judgment on those who refuse to repent. So everyone will one day be baptized, but it is either now by God's Holy Spirit or later by the fire of his judgment. That's powerful. And as John the Baptist was reminding everyone about that as he was baptizing people, here comes Jesus from Galilee wanting to be baptized. John felt extremely unqualified and said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you and you're coming to me? And Jesus' reply was, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. What? Jesus is holy. He is perfect, y'all. He is free of sin. He did not need to get baptized. But because he came to the earth as a human form, he did this to lead by example. That was the whole purpose of him coming down to the earth. I read in my Bible that the virgin birth is important to the Christian faith because Jesus Christ, God's son, had to be free from the sinful nature passed on all the other human beings by Adam. Because Jesus was born of a woman, he was a human being. But as the son of God, Jesus was born without any trace of human sin. Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. Wow. Jesus belittled who he was to show us what it's like to live simply because if he would have chosen to be anything else, for example, someone who demanded wealth, wisdom, and power, we wouldn't look at him the same way. His humbleness shows pure love. He chose to struggle like we do today and pay the ultimate price so we would know him. If that's not love, I don't know what is. This story of Jesus getting baptized not only shows me humility, leadership, and love, but it also made me think of comparison, jealousy, pridefulness, and competition. I know, you may be thinking like, what in the world are you saying? But think about it. How often do you catch yourself comparing who you are or what you have to your neighbor? Does it make you jealous? Does it make you feel less than? Or does it push you to do something you wouldn't have done otherwise had you not been comparing yourself in the first place? Does it constantly push you to compete so you will come up on top? Whatever you may be thinking, I've been there. I am the worst at comparison. I can't tell you how many times in the past I've stopped myself from doing something because I thought someone else did it better. And then just the thought of that would shut me down real quick. But we can't look to our left or to our right and become so consumed with what someone else has that we lose sight of what Jesus has in store for us. And I had to learn that the hard way. We can't let pride stop us from working alongside of someone if that's what God wants. 
So a manager, a coworker, your husband, wife, sibling, friends, we must work together. We are all equal. He does not love you more than he loves the next person. God does not rejoice in what's bigger and better. He rejoices in authenticity, obedience, love, and faith. He rejoices in having your heart. But in order to have your heart, he needs to have your faith, our faith. Which takes me to the last thing I want to talk about. Jesus spent so much time teaching and loving people well. In the book of Matthew, we read about how to live a holy life through the beginning of his ministry in chapters 5 through 7. He also teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13. So if you have not read it yet, make sure that you do that. But then we also read about the miracles Jesus performed. He healed a man with leprosy, a paralyzed and sick servant, another paralyzed man, a bleeding woman, a blind man, and a demon-possessed man. And then he restores a girl back to life. All of these healings have one major thing in common, and that is faith. He made it a point to let them know that it was because of their faith they were healed. You see, I believe faith is believing that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what we believe he can do. Just like Jesus told the centurion when he asked for help. Jesus told him, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. (laughs) Faith is everything. If we don't have it, it's going to be very hard for us to live a Christian life. Let's not be like the people who were laughing at Jesus when he walked in a house to restore a girl back to life, or like the disciples in the boat when they got scared of a storm and started asking Jesus to save them. Or what about Peter when Jesus asked him to walk on water? His words to the disciples were, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Or why did you doubt? Imagine him saying those words to you. Just as Jesus was there for every person who needed him back then, and for every person who didn't want to listen to him, he is there for you and I. He is there every step of the way. Do not let the enemy distract you so much that you walk away from the narrow road that leads to life. Matthew 7.13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This world makes that narrow road to Jesus seem so small and hard to get to, simply because, well, the wider and broader the road seems, the more glamorous it may appear, right? Or maybe 
that wider road appears to be something that we think we want. But here's the thing. I don't know about y'all, but for me personally, I learned that that big road never turns out to be a good thing. I've learned that the more we take our eyes off Jesus, the more we begin to sink like Peter did. If Peter would have kept his focus on Jesus, like Jesus tried to get him to do, Peter would have stayed above water. So let me ask you a question. Are you lacking faith today? I'm telling you, if I can be honest here and transparent, this week has been a hard week for me. The enemy has attacked in many different ways all in one week. I suppose it's because of all the projects I've got up my sleeve that glorifies Jesus. And I'm assuming that the enemy is jealous or else he wouldn't be messing with me. But it's been hard to do some of these things I knew I was supposed to be doing. However, because of my faith and because of my love for Jesus, I was able to stay strong and keep my eyes on him to the point I didn't fall down and not get back up. So while it was really hard for me this week, mentally, physically, emotionally, and I was being pulled in a thousand different directions, Keeping my eyes on Jesus is exactly what helped me stay on the straight path. And all the praises to him, because had this been just a year ago, I don't know that I would have handled things that came my way this week like I did. But it's so amazing what happens to us and our hearts the more that we continue to seek God. And I just, I don't know. I can never imagine not seeking him. But don't let this make you think that it's all rainbows and butterflies over here because it's not. My faith is where it's at today because of all the years I have stayed consistent in the word and in prayer. Scripture has changed me. It has molded me and strengthened me. Just like when Jesus told Satan, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We get the most nutrients for our spiritual health through the word of God. Jesus used this phrase, this verse as his powerful tool against Satan. And we should do the same. Jesus went to the desert to pray and we should too. Well, not necessarily go to the desert, but you know what I mean. Don't ever be too ashamed to ask God for help or to express your feelings to him. Because the truth is, he already knows how you feel and what you're doing. But when we seek him through prayer, we are showing Jesus that we need him and that he matters. We are showing him that we are completely dependent on him. 
He didn't come down to this earth and face some of the same challenges that we face today for nothing. The fact he went through what he went through shows us he has been where we may be now. He showed compassion to his disciples by understanding that they have been with Jesus for three days without food and that they needed to eat before he expected them to go and disciple. That means that he was paying attention to them and he knew what they needed and he loved them enough to care about them. And in the way that he took care of them, he is going to take care of us. He shows us that exact compassion. There is nothing too big or too small for him. He wants to take care of us. He will take care of us as long as we let him. Just remember, he may not always answer us the way we want him to. But as we have learned, or I have learned at least throughout the Bible, that it's not about what we want. And that's a hard one. It's about what's the best thing for us. He can see stuff we can't. He's got a much bigger purpose than we do. So instead of going against his will, we should strive to be right in the middle of it. Why? Because that is where we are meant to be. Thank you all so much for staying with me through the entire episode. If you want to know more about my daily Bible reading, you can head on over to my Instagram page, Seek Joy Sister. And I will talk to you guys next week.